Welcome to the Answers for Elders radio show. Meet the trusted experts who will give you straight answers and will help guide you on the path of later life care. Now, here's your host, founder, caregiver, and CEO, Suzanne Newman. And welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio Network with Pauline Smith from Laurel Cove Senior Living at, and they are part of um, Encore Communities in Shoreline. Pauline, I am really intrigued with your community and certainly excited to learn more. But one of the things that you talked a little bit, and I really want to delve in on this segment, is I want to talk about memory care. Um, I know that statistically in Washington State, we have the one of the highest per capita um, residents that are affected with Alzheimer's disease. For some reason, it's high in Washington State. Um, and we don't know why that is, but obviously there's there's a lot of families out there. You know, I think the latest statistics I heard is there was like 170,000 residents of the state of Washington are living with Alzheimer's disease, and they're being cared for by close to three to four hundred thousand unpaid care partners, family care men, you know, givers. That's a huge amount of people. Um, in this state that it's affecting. And obviously you guys do a wonderful job in taking care of those that are affected with Alzheimer's disease. So Pauline, could you tell me a little bit about what is memory care and what are the services provided when you work with those with memory care? Sure, absolutely. So memory care is my passion. Um, I ran several buildings that were only memory care. Um, it's kind of my heart. And so um, one of the things that is most important is the relationship and life story process. So in order to work with someone with memory care, because we don't know a lot about memory, um, typically they regress and the short-term memory is gone. And so knowing their past is very, very important. And so to support them, to help them become comfortable in their own skin. And we have adopted this program called the Best Friends Approach. And I love that because all of us need a best friend. Yeah. And so when you start talking about working with people with memory impairment, if you know someone's past, it's very easy to to get to know them enough to assist them without there being that level of anxiety or just, or, or not being able to trust because their memory they're confused. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I I tell everyone is kind of funny, but you know, I don't really love the idea of having someone, you know, help me take a shower. There's very few people in this world that I would want to see me. I'm sure. But my best friend who knows everything about me and knows my favorite music and the sense of the lotion that I like and that I'm a morning person, so I want my shower bright and early, that person, I'm going to let help me and, and enjoy it, make it a pleasant experience. And so one of the things, it's also very important for the caregivers. When you're learning to work with certain people, if you know those details, you truly enjoy your work. Mm -hmm. You're helping them with something that they enjoy as well. It's just a win-win for everyone. And so the best friends approach is really about getting to know them, getting to know their preferences and who they are. What did they do for work? Where were they born? You know, I have many, many stories I could share of the opportunities of, helping someone that had I not known that experience 
could have easily become a, a negative situation. True. And oftentimes in a community that doesn't truly understand memory care, that's what happens. People get irritated or verbally and physically aggressive. They get labeled <clears throat> as addicts and all these horrible things. When the reality of it is, is it's becoming their best friend, knowing them, bringing those moments of joy, which mm-hmm. knows, and making life positive, great experiences. And that's what we focus on. Our goal is truly to make every moment. It doesn't have to be a big, yes, entertainment's fine and big activities are great and that's all yeah. wonderful. But every interaction in memory care is an experience that could go positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. So learning how to make those positives, um, keeping people busy, but keeping them to their routines. Um, people with memory care truly need a routine. Um, so we actually assign a best friend, actually two. Each person has two best friends so that they're interacting with the same people enough to feel confident confidence in who that person is, that there's trust there, may not remember their name, but know that they're a positive person. And they work with everyone too. All of us learn everybody by story, but they have best friends. So it's really nice because that best friend can be a resource for other caregivers working with that person to give them hints of things that they've tried that work and Mm -hmm. all of those things to make them feel comfortable and confident and, um, that's, that's the main focus of our program is truly, truly knowing those people inside and out and making them our best friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I love that whole analogy because certainly there's a, there's a safety factor, you know, when you're talking about that. And also, like you said, for your staff, it's really, it's, it's allowing people to take ownership of the relationship. You know, saying, how can I make this person stay? Because that's what a best friend does. You know, it's that idea of a culture that you've created there. And I know the other thing that I really want to talk about with memory care, obviously, is the fact that these are skilled individuals that understand that people that have Alzheimer's and, you know, uh, advanced dementia, they, they have different ways of connecting with people. Uh, you know, they may be one day, they may be just fine. And then the next day, it's like they're the worst person in the world, right? But to understand a little bit about how that process is with staff that understand that completely, I think that's a real key thing of making sure that that individual feels safe in the environment that they live in. And, and I know that with a staff that's specifically trained, sometimes family members don't quite understand. They don't have the ability to, you know, to to deal with all the mood swings of dad or the different things that goes along with that. And I think that's one of the things that um, is a good thing about a memory care situation because dad's safe. He's in a secure environment. He's not going to wander down the streets of, you know, of Edmonds <laughs> and therefore, uh, you know, you're you're feeling like you know he's in a really good situation and he's supported in what he does and i know that there's all different types of ways in which the other thing that i love about memory care and i kind of rambling but one of the things that i love is the ability to tap into parts of the mind that professionals can do such as music therapy such as art therapy Uh, different things like that that goes on, which fascinates me. I'm still to this day so fascinated. Like I remember reading a story about a lady that she used to be a ballerina and she got Alzheimer's 
And it was like, she was just totally almost, you know, stage five, you know, really not very much with it very much anymore. And all of a sudden they put on this Swan Lake music and she just came alive in the chair. And I went, Oh my gosh, it just, it gave me goosebumps to hear these stories. Absolutely. There's so many um, opportunities. Uh, we do pet therapy, have visits visiting pets. We definitely do music therapy multiple times a week. I think mm-hmm. music really is, there'll be for someone that you could ask, you know, what day of the week it is or what year it is or any of those questions that they couldn't answer any of them. Right. But you put on music and they remember every word of the song and it's just, isn't yeah. that something? Yeah. It's just yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's the mystery of the brain. You know, when, when we look at it, like I, you and me, I'm, I have a thing for memory care. And of course, um, my listeners know that I have a therapy dog. And the first thing I do is if I go to a community, I'm just drawn. I, where a lot of people are still uncomfortable to go there. And I appreciate that. I am the first one that goes up to memory care. I'm the first one that wants to be with those, with those seniors. And because I am fast, I'm a part of me is really fascinated with the whole idea of wanting, you know, wanting to be in that environment. And, to see them come alive like they do. And that's really the cool thing. And I think the other thing is also having the awareness and understanding that one day, you know, somebody's going to be angry with me, you know, for being there or not want to talk to me and having the ability to recognize that and to read those signs too is I think important as well. And, you know, as, as a professional that I am in my work, I can recognize that, but a lot of people, they don't. So I understand what it's like for families because I was there. My mom had advanced dementia, but certainly over time, um, you know, I was able to grasp a lot of education. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it definitely takes getting um, a little patient and and wanting to be educated. Yeah, yeah. We do provide some of that as well. We do support groups. Um, I do a powerful tools for caregivers class. Um, so those are people wonderful. taking care of their chronically mentally ill or dementia or any sort of illness, actually. But self-care is important, too. So yeah. About a lot of that as yeah. Well. And, you know, I definitely would love to talk about those kind of things in our next segment, because I think the big thing about it right now is, is, is that families today, they're grappling with a decision. And they might right now especially after the pandemic, you know, their loved ones have been either living with them or they've been, you know, outliving their home at this time. They're looking at at scenarios that they can't hold on much longer, but there's this element of fear and, and, and grief. They're in their own grief process. And also just really the feeling of, you know, having, giving themselves their own guilt trips. And I know with that, um, you know, we do care about the families. And I think one of the things I always say is when my mom passed away, it's like, I felt like I lost my support network because of so many, I was so blessed to have the kind of support that I had from the community that my mom lived in. And I think that's one of the things that you offer as well to families. So Pauline, how do we reach you? You can always find us at Laurel Cove on our EncoreCommunities.com website. Just click on Laurel Cove and get there. Mm-hmm. Or call us directly at 206-364-9336. 
Well, fabulous. And everyone, we're going to talk about family resources, and we're also going to talk about how Laurel Cove loves our seniors and our community. And we'll be right back right after this. We at Answers for Elders thank you for listening. Did you know that you can discover hundreds of podcasts in our library on senior care? So visit our website and discover our decision guides that will help you also navigate decision making. Find us at AnswersForElders.com. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.